Hello and welcome to Meta Beta Gaming. I am your host, Matthew Warbay, aka MWarbay001 for all you Instagram followers. And for all you PC gamers, I'm CoolHardy100 on Steam because I just gave up on console gaming altogether because they're getting too expensive to fix and I just can't seem to get any luck with consoles breaking down left and right. So I stick with my trusty PC that I had for many years, never had to fix it, never gave it issues. <laughs> you could also follow my co-host, Paris Woods, a.k.a. Sweet underscore Heart Paris. That is his Instagram um, tag. But sadly, he is taking a well-deserved vacation. So I'm once again solo for this episode. But we're going to have a great episode because we are going to talk about what is the best game of 2023 so far. Because we're in November. It's almost Thanksgiving time. And we're not really going to get any more major gaming releases at least any big high profile games we're still gonna get games but we're not gonna get you know high profile games that are going to be needle movers and stuff like that so uh yeah uh what was the best release of 2023 because 2023 was such an interesting year for gaming altogether we had some bangers we really had some bangers but yet we had a lot of duds too because of either performance issues, graphical issues, optimization issues, just issues after issues after issues. And it just feels like games are just releasing more and more broken. You know, games are releasing more and more broken. So getting a quality game is just, you know, it's just a treat in itself to get a quality game. I mean, the last quality game I played was probably. Super Mario Bros. Wonders, a Nintendo title, and maybe Alan Wake 2. Those were the two recent ones that uh, released pretty good, stable state, no real issues. I don't even think Super Mario Bros. Wonders got a patch because that game just released in a solid state. And uh, Alan Wake, I think I got like three patches. That's it. Um, it released with some, I think it was like some CPU optimizations, more or less. That's really about it. Um, but yeah. So my top three guys, yes, these are my top three games that are pretty much, yeah, the best of the best of 2023, I guess, in my, in my opinion, uh, that released in the best shape with very little bugs, very little, you know, uh, graphical issues were playable pretty much at launch and you had a great time doing it. So right off the bat. Since we talked about Alan Wake 2, let's start off with Alan Wake 2. I mean, do you guys even remember the first Alan Wake game? Like, that game did not sell well at all. It did not sell well at all. I think it sold, like, 0.7 million copies or something like that for the 360. But it had such a crazy story. And it developed a loyal fan base that they released you know, um, Alan Wake 2 now. I mean, we did get Control, which is a part of that entire universe. So Alan Wake, it's DLC, Control, and Alan Wake 2, you know, all these games make up this universe. And it's such a crazy universe. It really is. But these games are so good to play. Wow, Alan Wake 2. It's a beautiful looking game. If you never played Alan Wake 2, it's a beautiful looking game. Um, I had my doubts about it at first. And I did get a lot of slack from like Digital Foundry comments and stuff like that because I called the game a little bit unoptimized at launch because 
any game that requires DLSS and uh, FSR 2 at launch, I feel like, no, you know, there has to be some kind of optimization issues, but it's not really optimization issues. This is, this game is just that damn demanding. It's just, it is a demanding game, but yet it's so beautiful and there's not really many bugs on it. It's just a demanding game. I mean, three patches for just some minor fixes here and there. And it's crazy. I mean, it has a high score on Metacritic. I believe in Metacritic, it's like at a 90, 80, 94%. Wow, I'm about to say 84. No, it's a 94 in Metacritic. <laughs> and it's well-deserved. I mean, all the praises that it gets, it deserves. It really does. Because it's just a great game. And I'm so happy that the game released in such a stable state. Because if it didn't, it would have seriously messed up AAA gaming. I mean, this was like AAA gaming's last resort, like AAA studios and stuff, stuff like that. But it was a real great game. Um, my next up, which is a game I played to death already. I think that's probably why I haven't played that much Alan Wake 2 and stuff like that. Uh, we're talking about Baldur's Gate 3, the game that should be a golden standard to how to make a game. The amount of love that the studio put into this game is crazy. And the fact that the other developers are telling people, do not get excited. This is not the standard that we're going to take with video gaming. It is crazy because this should be the absolute golden standard. Okay. Baldur's Gate 3. We are talking about like how we're talking about, dude, a hundred and 40 plus hours worth of content, okay? Not including DLCs, which I don't think this game is going to have a DLC, but the game itself, 140 hours worth of content, okay? It's going to take you at least 60 hours just to beat the main story. And if you're a completionist that wants to do all the side quests, all the side content, you know, explorations, everything going around, it's going to take you about 140 hours, okay? That's how deep this game is. And everything is coherent. Yes, in the later chapters, I think it was chapter three, we are getting like huge CPU bottleneck because of how dense the game city is. But they patched that up. It, it got several patches for, for the later chapters. And it's just a phenomenal game. It looks amazing. It's a beautiful looking game. If you love RPGs, you're going to like this game. If you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, oh my God, this game is Dungeons and Dragons. This is what like a visual Dungeons and Dragons is. <laughs> Anybody who played Dungeons and Dragons, like you will feel right at home. This is like a visual Dungeons and Dragons. Everything is just coming. This game, there's a reason why this game is the golden standard because of how good this game truly is, how well polished it was at launch. The amount of content you get at launch in this day and age where we have like a lot of live service games and of course games that are releasing unfinished. I'm talking about you, Modern Warfare 3. That's just a glorified Modern Warfare 2 DLC. Even though there's there are people that are like die hard like defending this game. I mean, it is crazy. But you know, that's what diehard fans do. Diehard fans defend this game to its death. But yet, Baldur's Gate 3 is the example 
It is the blueprint. This is how you make a game, guys. Any developers out there, Baldur's Gate 3 is the golden standard. And of course, number one, drum roll, please. Da -da. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, I don't think any game out there had such a launch like Tears of the Kingdom and had such controversy like Tears of the Kingdom that kind of made the hype train even more, okay? Because of the fact that this game not only was leaked, I think almost a month in advance online for like pirates, it was also playable on release. Not like 100% because I believe the Ryujinx em emulator had some issues and the developers of Ryujinx said they're not going to work on them until after the game was released. Same thing with Yuzu. Yuzu it had a better launch state, but once again, it did have some quirks and developers Yuzu said they are not going to work on it until after the game has been released. But Jesus, this game, I mean, the amount of press this game got is just insane. And the fact is that a lot of people thought it was just a Breath of the Wild DLC or a Breath of the Wild 2 because it originally, like, the concept of it was was going to be a, a, a Breath of the Wild uh, DLC, but it had so much content they decided to make it a standalone game and a standalone story. It's crazy. We're talking about at least 230 hours, 240 hours worth of content in this game. It's just crazy. And the amount of videos, okay? The amount of videos that are shown up of people creating stuff with, with the glue arm and all this other stuff. I played a little bit. I think I played up to 40 hours. Um, just mostly just exploring, really. That's really most, mostly what, what, what I've been doing is just exploring. I mean, you got the Sky Island. You have the Kingdom of actually Hyrule. You have the Deaths. So it's like you have like three layers. And this game is so big. I mean, some of it, I mean, like the Deaths is probably the weakest link of its game. But everything else is solid. And just the insane amount of customization. I mean, we have people building like Gundam-sized mechas. Oh, okay. It's just crazy. I mean, people building cities like this is the this is like if Breath of the Wild and Minecraft like had a baby, <laughs> pretty much. If like Minecraft and Zelda had a baby, this is Tears of the Kingdom because you have the open world thing of Zelda, but then the amount of stuff you you could do and you could think of. I mean, people are building airplanes for God's sakes. You know, 747s and stuff like that. Making cars and big SUVs. It's just crazy. But I think the sad part about this is like how big an open world the game is. The main story takes a back burner. And it's sad because the main story is actually a very cool story. Um, same thing with actually Breath of the Wild. The main story was 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 a great Zelda story. But it was really more of a back burner because of all of the exploration and open worldness. I think that's probably why, even though it's probably like the bet, like out of all the games released in 2023, this one is should should be the the one that you really play. As but 
I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 are probably better to play because those stories don't really take a back burner like Tears of the Kingdom does. But it's just crazy. Like, it is crazy. Like, and there's other games, obviously. Um, uh, the Resident Evil 4 remake. That game, awesome remake. I mean, I was scared because Resident Evil 4, I mean, there was a fan mod for a Resident Evil 4. There was a fan retexture mod. And it was just beautiful. It really was beautiful looking. And it really enhanced the original Resident Evil 4. So it was really hard. And I was really critical with it. Because of the fact that I was scared that they were just going to do a cheap cash grab. But by God, did they change a lot about this game. I mean, not just with the visuals. But people actually talk Spanish. I mean, you're in a, you're in a Spain country. And yet, in the original game, they were all talking English. And perfect English. Like, perfect American, British English. I was like, Jesus. That was like the only bad thing about uh, the original Resident Evil 4. But they fixed it where people were actually talking Spanish. I was like, oh my god, yes. Like, we are we are in Spain, for God's sake. Like, these people should be speaking their native language. I mean, some of them did sound Mexican. Some of them did sound Mexican, which was kind of funny, but. <laughs> it was kind of funny like they actually reminded one of the characters re reminded of like how my ex-girlfriend used used to talk because my ex-girlfriend was was a mexican and she did have that accent whenever she spoke english so so that was kind of messed up but yeah i mean resident Evil 4 was another gun uh metroid prime for actually switch there was a metroid prime remastered for actually switch if anybody paid metroid prime for the gamecube and, and actually Wii. They did do a remastered, and it was an awesome re remaster too. That was really awesome. I mean, it, it almost looked like a full-blown remake with how crazy the game looked. They really upped the visuals. They fixed the controlling. Thank God the controls for the original GameCube were so hard to, to play. But thank God they fixed that with the, with the Switch. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of good games. Of course, Super Mario Bros. Wonders. You know, that was an awesome game to play. Um, what else? Uh, Street Fighter Six. All the issues with Street Fighter Five. They fixed that. But yeah, my top three is Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, and The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Those are my top three of the best games so far, twenty twenty three. And I don't think we're gonna top it. I honestly don't think we're gonna top it, especially with how things are going. We're we're not gonna top it. But if these three games are what people look at 2023, I'm excited for 2024 because these games really up the ante. They really up the ante with how a game should be. Alan Wake 2 pushing visual technologies forward, making you know cor correcting the flaws of the original. Moving from what was great about the original, expanding on that, I mean, it it is a perfect sequel. It's what a sequel should be in in this modern day age. Pushing modern graphics, modern graphical technologies, modern graphical fidelities, but also releasing in a more polished state. Baldur's Gate Three obviously should be the golden standard for all games, not just its own art. RPG genre, just by pushing a well-polished game, well-polished story, 
And of course, Tears of the Kingdom. Even on Switch, which is considered the weakest console ever, Tears of the Kingdom was amazing. All the things they could do with that little console, even with all of the restrictions. And yes, not all of it pan out. Once you use the magnetic arm and some of the other features, frame rate does take a hit. It truly does. But if you play it on uh, emulators, you're not going to notice. I'm sorry, but Tears of the Kingdom em emulation is where it needs to be. It's it's the best way to, to actually play the game. And the Switch version is great, too. But emulation just makes it better. But yeah, I mean, these are the best. And I'm really curious how 2024 will be. Because 2024 is going to be an interesting thing. We have the rumored Switch 2, which is supposedly going to be, you know, a lot better than the Switch. Even though it eh, doesn't even doesn't look like it's going to be that much better. But, you know, much modern tech, you know, technology. Uh, obviously, the, the a GPU is supposedly going to be a cutback RTX 3050, which means that it's going to have modern um, DLSS and stuff like that, which as we've seen with Tears of the Kingdom and some other games that were using AMD FSR tech technology to, to, to get to that 1080p resolution, DLSS is a game changer, especially for weaker hardware. Um, yeah, so I'm really curious. I'm really curious and I'm curious of what you guys have to know. You could contact us on Instagram. You can send us DMs. And yeah, we're going to be pushing metabating and forward. We're working on incorporating getting a YouTube channel as well as getting other things. So we gladly want your support. And if you have any recommendations for us, please do not hesitate to contact us. Once again, my name is your host, Matthew Warbe, aka MWarbe001 for all you Instagram followers. And for all you PC gamers, I'm CoolHardy100 on Steam. And have an awesome Sunday.